1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: We are pleased to welcome longtime Marlins president, uh, baseball insider, podcast host, extraordinaire, David P. Sampson, uh, to the show. And generally I jump in with a hard hitting question. Um, but in order to kind of butter you up first, David, I will say happy new year. How are your holidays?
0: How are you doing? Happy New Year. Everything was great. <laughs> I thought we were past that. Well, I, I think I mean... <laughs> when you get to double digits in January, I think it's too much. But that said, we haven't spoken. So Happy New Year and Healthy New Year to you and yours.
2: All right. Well, then gloves are off. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go toe-to-toe, David. So if you're in a front office, well, let's start. I'm going to go each of the front offices that were involved with Korea. If you're in the twins' front office, how are you feeling right now? About six years, $200 and everything that just happened?
0: Well, I had the player last year, and I was willing to give him $285 million for 10 years, and now I'm giving him at most two hundred and seventy over 10 years, and I control the last four years. So I feel pretty good about what deal I was able to do. I'm not so sure I'm happy that the player wanted to be here, or I'm sure the player wanted to be here, but that said, we've got him, and, and he's going to be a centerpiece to us winning. So if I'm the Twins, I'm very happy.
2: All right, so a guaranteed six-year deal and a lot of money in terms of average annual value, but not the years that the Mets or Giants were willing to give. From the Mets perspective, if you're in the Mets front office and you see what it took to get him or get him back to Minneapolis, what's your reaction?
0: I'm a little surprised if I'm the front office because unless I was told the truth by Steve Cohn, I'm not sure I understand why we didn't get our player. While we initially offered three hundred and fifteen million dollars, we tried to renegotiate and it didn't happen. But then he only got two hundred million from the twins and we offered one hundred and fifty seven. Why didn't my owner just offer another forty four million dollars, go two hundred and three, let's say, or two hundred and two million dollars, and he would have been in New York. So in the front office I would find it strange. For Steve Cohn, he had a change of heart. Maybe he realized that the other owners were quite unhappy with what his payroll was going to be Mm -hmm. maybe he was told don't put your payroll in that area because the Dodgers Yankees and Marlins are all upset about it so I think there was a lot going on from the Mets standpoint so uh, I'm not at all surprised that he's not on the Mets
2: okay so maybe this wasn't just about Correa David it was also about the astronomical figure the numbers for his payroll had they signed Correa to the original deal
0: I I happen to believe that, and uh, the silence coming out of the Mets organization, their simple 13-word statement I think they put out, that they didn't have an agreement with him and they wish him well in the future. I like it when teams say that, because we used to say that, too, but we never meant it. We don't (laughs) wish the player well when they choose someone else and not us, or when we don't get the player we want. Uh, or, when we have to release a player or fire, we always do that when we fired our manager. We wish him and his family well, and thank them for their service. That's not how we ever felt firing a manager. We were despondent that we didn't win and had to fire the guy so uh th- that made me laugh but But I think that uh if if I'm the mets uh, I'm trying to figure out whether or not uh you know Steve Cohn went too far, and from Steve Cohn's standpoint, he has to figure out where he's going to live in the ownership ecosystem because everyone knew that he was going to spend like a drunken sailor. But uh, I don't think they realized that his payroll would be so far above everyone else's.
2: See why we love David Sampson, especially when he joins us live uh, in the early morning hours. He's got no V-chip. He just kind of puts it out there into the stratosphere and uh, entertains us, but also gives us good info. All right, so then completing the trifecta, the Giants, they barely had him. It was a couple of days. They started to balk, and Cohen swoops in. So if you're the Giants watching this, what's your reaction?
0: So I know Giants fans are upset. I did a radio show locally in San Francisco yesterday, and the fan base was disappointed. And I would say this. No good decision is ever made by a front office based on emotion. And again, I would know because I made so many decisions based on emotion, and they were all wrong. Remember what happened here. They didn't get Aaron Judge, and they felt disappointed, left at the altar, and all of a sudden they turned around and offered Correa this crazy deal of three hundred and fifty million dollars over thirteen years. I feel like they dodged a bullet, and uh, they found a way. They they found God during the physical, and realized, wow, uh, this sort of pivot that we did was really a knee jerk reaction to losing Judge to try to satisfy a fan base that was so excited and lathered up about getting Aaron Judge. And I think they realize that they they ought not do that. So I think that it's going to work out very well for the Giants not getting Correa. However good he is, it's still going to work out for them. Because remember... There's always another player, and and owners can forget that sometimes, but there's always another player. Maybe they'll bid for Otani next year. You never know.
2: Yeah, there is that possibility. A lot of buzz about him already. So then, David, let's just put you back in a front office. So you've given us kind of the perspectives of these three teams that were involved. If it's you, uh, how would you have handled this, physicals at all?
0: I think that when you sign a free agent. So here's how it works. If you if it's your own player, you really know the player. You live with the player. When you're signing a player that you've never had, you've just seen him in the opposing dugout. You do a physical, you do blood work and urine work and you have the orthopedic surgeon look at him. You put him in the MRI tube and take pictures of every part of his body. Sounds and fine. then you have to calculate sort of your risk assessment and what your risk tolerance is. And if I know that he had an injury in 2014 that he had not cropped up again, And the doctors had cautioned me that there's future arthritis, as an example. I've heard that with players. Or there's some fraying of the elbow ligament that maybe he's got a 32-year-old elbow. We've heard that a lot. But the player's only 26. So there could be danger going forward. My view always was, I'm going to worry about tomorrow later. I'm going to worry about today now. But when you've got a long-term deal, like a 10-year deal or longer, you do tend to to be more concerned about what could happen or what the doctors are saying. Sure. And I think the Giants just got got some cold feet. And I think the Mets, it was a different story. And I think the twins did a deal that sort of guaranteed that they're not gonna get totally screwed uh, if he ends up with some sort of injury that the doctors had mm-hmm. said is possible. So I think everybody ends up where they should in this deal, including Correa, by the way, who still gets $200 million guaranteed And if the twins don't pick up the last four years of his deal – he'll be a free agent again at 34 and he can sign another two or three year deal if he's been healthy the whole time.
2: Well good I'm glad you made that point because I said that on our last show hey this is not necessarily a bad situation for him to be in if it continues to not be a problem he's still only 34 and if he's productive he could sign another deal uh, that would be guaranteed moving forward at that age. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio longtime Marlins president and baseball analyst and podcast host Nothing Personal with David Sampson Uh, here on the show this morning. So we were just also uh, letting fans hear from Rafael Devers. I like him. He's a great ambassador for baseball, obviously homegrown for the Red Sox. Uh, But I was asking the question of whether or not this is enough to satisfy Sox fans who are kind of disgruntled over the number of players who've left. So the mass exodus almost of the stars. So your perspective, a kind of big picture with the Red Sox. Is this enough?
0: Well, big picture. When you sign your own player back, one of the things that, that fan bases get wrong, the Yankees aren't better this year than last year. They have the same Aaron Judge. They're just paying him more. So They didn't add to their team. They just took their same team, in theory, and, and paid more. And uh, the question is, could Aaron Judge have a better season than he had last season? You look at Rafael Devers, and you have to make choices when you run a team. Even the Red Sox do. They had Mookie Betts, and they didn't sign him long-term. They had Bogarts. They didn't sign him long-term. They chose to get into bed with Devers, and what a great player he is. But I sort of worry about his long-term. I worry about the projection of his body and how long he can stay in the infield and stay productive. Having uh, the DH in in all baseball is obviously helpful because I think that these players signing these deals at this age for this amount of time, they're all going to be DHs by the end at best. You know, just think about Albert Pujols as an example. Right or Miguel Cabrera, as an example. It's very hard to be productive later in your career, late in your 30s. It just doesn't work that way in baseball much anymore. And from the Red Sox standpoint, if you're a fan, man, you've gotten four World Series. There's not a fan base out there since 2004. Maybe the Giants with three in 10, 12, and 14. But who else do you want to be other than a Red Sox fan for the past almost 20 years? They've really done well, mm-hmm. but as far as this team is concerned, in this division, uh, they, they've added you know, some pitching. They, they brought in Justin Turner to replace J.D. Martinez. They lost Nathan Ivaldi. They got a new closer, Kenley Jansen. What does it all add up to? My guess is, at best, a third-place finish in the AL East.
2: Definitely is a competitive division. All right, shifting quickly on you, just because I love to do that. Try to catch you off your game, but that rarely ever happens. Actually, I don't (laughs) know that it's ever happened. Uh, Trevor Bauer was designated for assignment by the Dodgers, which means he would soon be available. If you're a GM or a president, do you touch him? Do you even think about bringing him on board?
0: Well, I think about everything, uh, but no. So here's the question that front offices have. What do you say during the press conference mm. so just think about that for one second let's talk about it you go you walk into the room you're presenting a uniform or you just do it as a statement but what are you saying to the press when you sign Trevor Bauer? you are just saying, listen he went through the process he served his suspension and now we're giving him a second chance but there's zero tolerance don't forget this is the same player who threw the ball into center field when Terry Francona the most respected manager in baseball went to take him out of the game This is somebody who's always been on his own program, always been a selfish player, never been popular in the clubhouse, always been someone where the juice is not worth the squeeze, even when he's been as good as he's been later in his career. But he hasn't pitched in well over a year. So there's just so many negatives about signing him. The positive is that there's so much a lack of pitching around baseball that if you can get a good starter, you want it. But I just don't think any owner right now can come up with what to say to their fan base that would possibly be good enough to excuse getting him and what you would say to your existing players. So I do not think he will pitch another inning in Major League Baseball.
2: I got it handed to you, David. I never did think about it from the – the, the jump with the opening press conference, but you're right. How awkward and uncomfortable would that be and the tone that it would set? Cause there isn't anything you can say other than, Hey, we're really hoping he's a good pitcher and can help us win baseball games, which uh, rings hollow. All right. One more before I let you go. Uh, and I'll just leave it wide open for you. What is a storyline from this hot stove that we haven't talked about that floats your boat?
0: Well, I think the number one story for me, and, and I'm definitely biased because I spent my whole career there uh, in the National League East, look at a team like the Braves who took all their young players and locked them up into long-term deals. They won a World Series. They exchanged Freddie Freeman for Matt Olson last year. Then they get the Mets who are all of a sudden acting like the Yankees or even the Yankees on steroids. And don't forget about the Phillies, a team that went to the World Series and brought in Trey Turner. And the way it works in baseball, only one of those teams is going to win a division. Maybe they'll all get in the playoffs, but one of them is going to lose in the wild card round, and so somebody's going to be really unhappy in only a matter of nine months from now. And so we're talking about the gestation of a human being, and that goes fast for those of us who have had children. Somebody's going to be miserable come October in that division, and that's the thing about the off season. Winning the off season is not very helpful because I've done that too, and it's led <laughs> to a disastrous in season. The key is winning in October, and by definition, somebody's going to be losing in October or maybe not even get to October, and that's going to be the storyline of the season. Well, think but about of it. Of one so- more, Amy. Yep. Sorry. No, while okay. I have you, while I'm awake, <laughs> um, if you thought the errant judge sweepstakes were exciting or you remember Carla Palooza from back in the day when he came to the Yankees as a free agent— The Shohei Otani Free Agent Sweepstakes, it is going to be outstanding. And maybe I'll take up permanent residence at 5 o'clock in the morning with you because (laughs) there are going to be teams lathering themselves, trying to figure out how to sign a guy who can be at the top of their rotation and in the middle of their lineup.
2: Crazy. I was only going to say that there were two teams in the NL East that won 101 games, and neither one ended up in the World Series. So, yeah, very competitive division. But the Shohei, that is on the horizon. Oh, there's so many other things that I could ask you. So, we'll talk again before uh, pitchers and catchers report. But find David on Twitter at David P. Sampson, S-A-M-S-O-N. He's got the Nothing Personal podcast, which is daily. You can see him on CBS Sports HQ. But, really, he brings his best stuff for us. A uh, longtime Marlins president who is so awake at this hour. I don't understand it, but it works for me. Thank you, David.
0: Happy New Year, Amy. <laughs> Happy New Year to
2: you. (laughs) You're a goof. Go away.
0: (laughs) Okay,
1: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.